Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me today is my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? Yo, it's Mr. Peaches checking in. How's it going? Living the dream, dude. How's your week in gaming been? How? What have you been doing? What have you been playing? Oh, my week in gaming. Mostly I've been playing Breath of the Wild still. Still playing Breath of the Wild. It's so, it's just so big. Like, you can't stop playing it. And I'm a completionist, so I'm probably never going to stop playing it. You know, it's interesting because um, games have all gotten, like, giant open world and stuff, so a person like you can probably get, like, hundreds and hundreds of hours off of a video game for, you know, no money, right? <laughs> Breath of the Wild is definitely a good value. Right. Like, I, I don't know if there's a way to see how much time I've spent in that game. I'm sure there is, and I just haven't found it, but it's one of those things, like, when you could do a slash played in World of Warcraft that I right. almost don't want to do. No, you <laughs> I was just scared of what it's going to look like. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think I've only really been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm. Uh, I've been prepping for the Hearthstone expansion coming up here in a couple weeks, and I've been playing Fortnite. I, You know me. I was not a big Fortnite fan in the whole Battle Royale genre when it first came out. I was like, this is stupid. Why would anybody play this? And then I watched that stream with Ninja and Drake, and then I've been watching Ninja's stream ever since, and man, that guy makes me want to play that game. I, like, will lose a couple rounds, and I'll go watch him destroy people. I'm like, I can do that, and then I'll lose another couple rounds. It'll be great. Yo, his hair looks like cotton candy. You could eat it, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I, sure I probably won't, candy. but it just is It's appealing to look at. <laughs> I think... I think you got your first taste of victory in Fortnite. I saw that little clip you sent me of that's your right. first victory, and I that's think right. that's what's keeping you in there. That's it, man. And all you need is that little hit, right? That little bit of dopamine to keep you going. I already got my one win. The very yeah. first game of Fortnite I played, I won, yeah, and I'll never do Zach. it again. <laughs> we all can't be Zach, all right? Get out of here. All right, we're going to start the show that? with uh, a little bit of news. Waluigi time. And we're starting the news off this week with Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, the Microsoft game that's going to bring Microsoft back into the fold, uh, launched and not doing too well. It's got server issues. Uh, players are already talking about a lack of end game content. Um, and it begs the question, is Microsoft still in this? I mean, it, and we're talking, Microsoft still sells like millions and millions of dollars of consoles you know don't get it misconstrued but they are definitely in third in the console race right now i mean personally i think they've been in third in the console race for a long time but i've just never been a huge fan of xbox in general but well, i grew up playstation and sure. and everyone grows up nintendo so they kind of they didn't have a good start in this race uh, they did not, and I mean, you could say that for a while, the Xbox 360, I think the Xbox 360 was the king of that generation. Um, it was the one that I think everybody had, uh, maybe you didn't, but most people had an Xbox 360, and that was probably its its heyday, um, but I think after the, the disaster that was their E3 um, showing of the Xbox One, that they have not recovered since. Yeah, my sister had an Xbox 360, and... I bought a couple games for it, but I did not own one of myself. It was like for a while the only system that had Bioshock on it. Oh wow! Uh, 
And then there was a guitar, a version of Guitar Hero 2 that was exclusive to the Xbox 360 that had like, I think it was eight or 10 songs that were only on that version. So of course I bought two copies of Guitar Hero 2 so I could play 10 extra songs. I don't, I don't know if Microsoft's gonna, they, they gotta, they gotta figure something out. Like they gotta, they gotta correct course somehow. They seem to be on the back end of whatever trend is happening. Uh, maybe they're gonna, I mean, we've talked about this, but maybe they're gonna jump on the, the portable game bandwagon and maybe they'll make a portable Xbox and try to go that route because, um, the Switch is definitely killing it. Which brings us to our next story. The Nintendo Switch uh, is now the best-selling console in its first year of all time, which is absolutely insane. Also not surprising. Yeah. Is it you? Is it not surprising you didn't think the Nintendo Switch was going to be all that and then you purchased one? Well, not surprising in hindsight, I should say. Oh, I is, guess. Now that is, I own one, I is, am a believer now. Is anything surprising in hindsight that's not fair (laughs) (laughs) after i already knew it uh it wasn't surprising at all you know what hold on i want to go back to the sea of thieves thing for a second yeah go for it because we like totally skirted around the sea of thieves game itself and we didn't really talk about it yeah uh, you know but but this is the only reason i want to bring it up because one of the errors that people get that is causing all these problems is called cinnamon beard. And uh, I just am so grateful that when I was given the nickname ginger beard, that it was not cinnamon beard. I like the ginger spice better. Yeah. And then you'd be associated with a game bug for all time too. And that would no, because then people would be like, they would think that I started calling myself that because of the game bug and not Ooh, the other way around. Yeah. Like, you know, pirates of the Caribbean, the ride was built after the movie sort of situation yeah man and we don't like those people <laughs> we don't like those people anyway i'm sorry back to nintendo switch nintendo switch best-selling console in u.s history um i don't think there's a lot more to say about it other than it's it's not surprising and it's it, it's interesting to see where nintendo's gonna take this this sort of trajectory nintendo's always been there's always been like sony and microsoft trying to outdo each other and then there's been nintendo in a corner trying to outdo itself and you see that with a Nintendo Switch. Um, I don't think any other console could claim uh, to try to do what Nintendo has done with its consoles and what it's done with um, sort of trying to innovate on the platform. And Nintendo will continue to do that innovation. They're going to be continuing to be uh, in a league of their own for some time. You know what I find most surprising about this, though? I will say there are aspects of it that are surprising. If you look at this article on GameSpot that mentions this story we're talking about sure Um, and you look at the february 2018 top 10 nintendo switch games yep like a big handful of those 10 are games that already existed on other consoles like mario kart 8 is number one um breath of the wild is number three which is fair it's really great on the switch but also it was on the wii u um same thing with skyrim skyrim is number eight that game's been out for a very long time yeah yeah it has and then and it's still selling it just goes to show how like we've reached a pinnacle of gaming i think we've reached like a plateau i guess i should say where 
graphics are starting to slow down, right? We're, they're not getting that much better over time. I'm okay sacrificing a little bit of graphical integrity to play my game wherever, like out in the world, wherever. Are you trying to say that the VR version of of putting IKEA furniture together is not highly graphically intense? Yes. Also, I have no idea what you're talking about. All That's right. in a Steam store. Yeah, don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, on to the next one. Facebook launches She Talk Games. She Talks Games. Hashtag She Talks Games, I should say. Initiative to promote women in video games. So uh, Facebook putting on this whole initiative um, to promote women in video games. Um, I recently watched... And this is nothing, I mean, it's going to circle back, I promise, but I recently watched Black Panther. And Black Panther is one of those, you know, fantastic movies um, because it it, it it gives little kids um, a figure to look up to that looks like them, right? Um, I'm a Puerto Rican, uh, and as a young Hispanic kid, the only real, like, superhero for me to look up to is Zorro, which isn't really a superhero at all. Um, sort of like a really kind of racist dramatization of a character. I don't know. Um, but you could see that same thing in video games. Like, if you look at the climate of video games, you've got a handful that are starring women, and they're starting to come out more. You've got your Horizon Zero Dawns and your new Tomb Raider. Let's not talk about the old Tomb Raider. Um, but there's still a lack of representation. Um, and I think that's what Facebook is trying to kind of promote, not just in starring in the games, but in developing the games and heading the studios and writing the games. I'm I'm glad any time that any sort of movement like this gets started. I think that, you know, this awareness that gets raised on the lower percentage of women in the industry um, and the fact that they're trying to increase those numbers, I think that kind of stuff is just good for people to know about. And, you know, women deserve all the same stuff that we get to do as men in this industry. They play just as many video games as we do. Um, I think it's about an even 50-50 split, right? As far as what statistics say about who is actually playing video games, right? If I'm not mistaken, and we're on a podcast, so we should probably have done a little bit more research about this. But if I'm not mistaken, um, it's actually there are more women playing video games than there are men. Is it slightly more? Yeah, because there's more there's a higher female population on the planet than there is male. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. We can look that up and we'll circle back to it next week and give you the uh the truth. The truth. Yeah, man. A new segment with a new audio intro. I hope so. I like making these things. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I agree. I think it's great uh, for the platform. I think it really does um, wonders uh, for children, especially little girls that are looking um, for sort of that role model figure. Um, I think games as a medium is going to continue to evolve. We're seeing more and more people, uh, you know, years ago it used to be like the nerdy thing to do and now it's a little bit more socially acceptable and I think um, it's going to just become mainstream culture and when it becomes mainstream culture, which I think it already is, um, it's about diversifying that mainstream culture, not just having one path to go on, but several different paths. And if that's not the most uh, gaming metaphor you've ever heard, um, I don't know what is. I mean, yeah, it's that whole, you know, think about when we were growing up and we'd get Happy Meals. You get, you want the boy toy or you want the girl toy? There is no boy toy or girl toy anymore. It's do you want a toy? Absolutely. Like, 
you can like the toy if you're a boy if you're a girl you can like the color blue if you're a girl you can like the color pink if you're a boy it doesn't matter like sure. like what you like and it should be promoted that way yeah absolutely um, and all of the great women that are working on video games as well deserve to have that, that recognition as well. Um, I don't think we've reached an area yet where lots of video game creators are getting highlighted. I mean, you've got people who are um, people who are a little bit more involved in video games uh, that know, you know, popular, you know, your Ken Levines and your Cliff Blazinski's and there's a few others, Mike Morheim. Um, but if you're not involved in video games, I highly doubt you know any video game really developer um, on like a, a name basis, right? You know, you most people know companies, Activision, um, Blizzard, uh, Ubisoft and things like that, but most people don't know like um, developers and them by name. Um, so maybe that's something as well, just to highlight developers in general, including women and especially women, um, because it is definitely a male-dominated industry. I agree with you there. The only person that i could think of off the top of my head is jeff from overwatch because he just gets so much crap from everybody oh man jeff from overwatch jeff kaplan god bless you that man is a man is a saint he does good yeah he does good work um and speaking of jeff from overwatch who's on the blizzard team riot blizzard and twitch are teaming up to fight toxic gaming behavior they've put on this um this coalition that's gonna fight toxicity i know specifically overwatch has been dealing with toxicity basically since the game released um the reason i don't play league of legends anymore is because it was the most toxic cesspool i've ever been in my life and um so they're putting on this coalition to try to fight this toxic gaming behavior, and I think it has become a sect of the gaming community uh, that feeds into this toxic gaming culture. I was super excited about this article because I agree with you. Like, There are so many times that I've just been discouraged from playing games like League, um, Overwatch, etc., just because I didn't, didn't want to deal with any backlash that I might get if I mess up or if I don't pick a character that I'm the best with or whatever ends up happening that causes somebody to rage. It just gets like kind of upsetting. And the background on this one is that instead of everybody kind of having their own rules as far as how to handle toxicity and bad gaming behavior, is everybody's kind of trying to get on the same page, right? So we can have the same set of rules, which I think is great because that sort of consistency will just make it easier to understand, I think, like across the board, you know? Right. And this this whole like reddit phenomenon community kind of a thing is always going to exist right those those toxic reddit warriors that are gonna you know try to poop on you in whatever situation you know whether it is you're picking a character that you like or whether you are um not playing to the best of your abilities we play video games to have fun and unwind and to have a good time and everybody should be allowed that opportunity and i don't think there should be buttholes like these people that come on there and just kind of trash you all game ruining it for everyone i want to formally request that nobody poop on me please yeah same ever like physically or in any other sense i agree i agree no pooping that would be be great thank you (laughs) peaches thanks you for that uh yeah and you know, it's it makes it tough to kind of play these games uh, socially as well. You know, you gaming has always been a very social 
um, sort of medium. And we try to, you, you know, you meet people online, you try to play games with them, you know, you're trying to have a good time. And it just takes one person to ruin an entire game, right? Like you're, I've been there, we've all been there, we were, um, we're booting up a match of, let's say, Overwatch, and there's five of you, and then there's one guy who, from the very beginning, is just a total tool, and he just ruins the game from the very beginning, and the game is just awful from then point on, and you can mute that person, um, but you're going to have that like lasting impression. Also, they're still on your team, even if you mute them. Yeah, you really can't do anything about it. No. The first thing that I thought about was when people are busy typing in the middle of a, of a MOBA game, yes. you know, like, like HOTS or League, we're like, they've stopped their character movement because they want to type something out to you and then it ends up being toxic. And you're like, well, first of all, I didn't need to hear any of that. And (laughs) second, you just stood there and let someone kill you because you wanted to type to me instead of playing. Like, come on, man. Right. No, we're we're all in this together. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I don't, I, you know how I feel about Reddit and, toxic gamers and let me not let me not try to to, try to tell anybody i get just as toxic as as the next guy but i don't try i try really hard not to let that out to anyone else zach hears it all the time peaches hears it all the time uh because he's on the other side of my microphone and can hear Uh me getting upset and all hot and my wife hears it because she always makes fun of me for it because i get so heated playing video games but i don't let that out i don't yell at anybody else i just kind of yell at my wall and just kind of let it out that way yeah, that's true. I'm sure everybody does that to some degree. But, you know, that's a much better alternative than lashing out on your team. Absolutely. So, so I'm, I hope that, that this kind of team up goes well for these companies because, you know, video games are going to be around in this capacity for a good while, I believe. And if we can't solve the social problems that are happening within them, then those games, sadly, I think those games will die out if it's just armies of toxicity I agree. you know eventually they will die out i agree um we're seeing that a little bit with our next company um ea and their phenomenon uh, was star wars battlefront 2 um so, phenomenon. Star-, <laughs> so star wars battlefront 2 um launched uh with essentially the most pay-to-win system that has ever been created. Um, For those that are unfamiliar, they had loot boxes, which is everyone's favorite topic nowadays, but loot boxes, and these loot boxes contained um, these, like, star cards, and with the star cards, you could actually gain in-game, like, advantages over other players, like more attack damage and things like that. So, literally, the people that were paying more money were getting better fighters and um were able to do more damage and were actually just the ones winning so it was essentially an entire pay to win system and obviously the internet had none of that and the game removed all sort of monetization so it removed every bit of um microtransactions um i think two days after launch or something very similar to that and they said microtransactions will be back. We're just going to redo the system. And so they have finally reintroduced their microtransaction system, and it is no longer pay to win. Um, but is it is it a little too late? What do you think, Peaches? I, I think it's funny that they're like, hey, hold on while we think of a new way to take your money. <laughs> Sure. Well, can you can you like refer, like jog my memory on this for a second? Because yeah. I um I have never really been interested in the Battlefront games to be to be honest. But uh-huh. 
when they first introduced their system, was it actually like, like things you could pay for that gave you a, like a distinct advantage, like more yes. damage characters that did better things, that yes. sort of thing, or was it, it purely aesthetic? Nope. It wasn't. That's the system they've switched to now. They are now only cosmetic. Um, okay. But when the game first launched, it was attack damage boosts and things like that. So you could get an actual advantage over other players by paying more money. Oh no. An attack ban- an attack damage boost is not cool. I, I'm cool with loot box systems, to be honest with you. I think it's a cool way to kind of reward you at the end of your game because people love being rewarded even if it's for something stupid, you know? Right. Like, even if it's for something they did to have fun, it still brings them a little joy to be rewarded in some way. And I think that loot box, uh, like, scenarios, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word. It doesn't matter. L- loot box situations where the rewards from those boxes are like purely cosmetic. I think those are way better because, you know, they don't change how good I am at the game and they don't change what advantage or disadvantage you have when you play against me. They just kind of allow you to keep that reward system going without changing much of anything else. I know there's like, you can make some arguments in certain games where like certain costumes make things harder to see. And those costumes will typically be banned in like professional tournaments, right? Yeah. Um, like League of Legends had a couple skins that blended in too well with the backgrounds, and they would ban those from tournaments. Um, I don't know if they still have those anymore. They had some like Twisted Fate skins that were just, they were too hard to read, that sort of thing. Um, but like those t- types of things are down to a minimum in most of these systems. You know, it's mostly. I want my character to look this way. Cool. You still have to hit your skill shots. Yeah. Now, with the system of loot boxes in general, do you would you consider it gambling? Do you think it's a... I mean, because most of the people that are against loot boxes consider it a, a predatory system. It's it's preying on, um, on a lot of ways, young children who are not uh, old enough to discern the difference between gambling and not gambling and who are just going to blow all their money on these sort of systems. I don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd call it gambling. I guess it just depends on on the mindset of the person who's initiating those purchases. Like sure. if you're a child and you don't know any better and you're making those purchases, I'm going to put that on your parents for not explaining this to you or telling you not to do it or whatever reasoning you started doing that. I mean, maybe it happened by accident the f- first couple times, but eventually you're your bank statement's going to tell you a story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But also like, is, is it gambling in the sense that like I have applied a, a monetary value towards something that I don't know the result of, and I hope it's a good result. Yes. But also like, I guess you could say the same thing about regular gambling. It's your fault no matter what. Right. <laughs> Right, but you're, there's there's an age limit, and that's I think that's the point. Yeah, right? that's true. And also, it's like regulated. Like gambling is regulated. If this is and can be construed as gambling, should it be regulated? Um, and to be fair, I think companies are starting to to move away from loot boxes. We see more and more companies now saying, "You got your CD Projekt Red going. We'll never put in loot boxes." You've got um, companies finding new ways to monetize because you've got, I mean, that's like the free-to-play model, right? You have to find way to make money somehow. And a lot of these games, even if it's not free-to-play, these um, 
persistent world games, I guess you you could call them, um, games that continue on and on and on and on, need to find new ways to monetize. And sometimes just a DLC pack isn't going to cut it. Um, You need to, uh, because, right, so like say you sell a DLC for a video game. Let's take uh, World of Warcraft. So World of Warcraft sells you a DLC. You pay for that DLC, and all the content that they worked on in that DLC gets paid for by the D- or by the your purchase of the DLC. Now, what about sure. any updates that come out? What about any patchworks? What about maintaining the servers? Where is the money for that coming from? Um, and I think microtransactions are sort of a necessary evil for that. Well, I mean, Warcraft has the advantage there, where people are paying a monthly fee. Or yeah, that was a bad that was a bad analogy. They're well, I mean, no, it's it's not necessarily a bad analogy. I mean, it still makes sense because it applies to to other games too you just don't have to use the downloadable content example like you can go back to gwent we were talking about gwent last week like you don't pay for gwent so how are they gonna how are they gonna make money they have the microtransactions yep like you say that that they don't have loot boxes but they have kegs card kegs and that's basically a loot box they they have loot boxes that is a loot box i mean you could think uh, the card pack is the original loot box right yeah, loot boxes have been around since I was a wee lad begging my mom to buy me Yu-Gi-Oh cards so that I could hopefully get the three pieces of the Gate Guardian, okay? I wanted all three of them. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh reference. No, I, Your I move. It. I, I got it. You got to move. Um, <laughs> I've set no. my card to defense position. No, I agree. I think... Uh, it's interesting to see what the what the gaming community is going to do over this next year. We've got games like Fortnite, um, which I was talking to you about a little earlier, but they've initiated like a battle pass, and you basically pay ten bucks, and you get this season long battle pass. I think a season's like three months or something, and everything that you do, you earn experience, you can earn challenges, and you basically level up this pass, and every time you level up, you get a new reward, and there are skins, and there's in-game currency you can use and all that, and if you play enough, you can earn enough in-game currency to buy the next season's battle pass, Um, which means that once you pay your first $10, you might not have to pay your next $10, but you do have to play uh, more than the average fellow. Well, I mean, because traffic is a big thing too, right? Like yeah. if I'm not playing your game, then that's one less person that is bringing awareness to your product, right? So I think that's a fair model. If I'm going to pay once and then I'm going to play this game religiously, like it's cool to throw me a bone there. Well, and I think we could see that with mobile games too, right? So like we used to be in an era where we didn't want to pay for games, right? Games were becoming really expensive and the free-to-play model was introduced and we were like, oh my goodness, free games, this is insane. And then microtransactions started and they started getting more and more and now they have it to where we have so many free games that we're like, bring back, I just want to pay for a game. Like, especially like on mobile, I just want to pay you five bucks and get the full game of whatever it is. That way I don't have to worry about any sort of microtransaction or unfair advantage or anything like that. I just want to have a game. I want to pay you money and you give me game and end transaction that's fair then i don't have to watch all these stupid advertisements right also like these games that are mostly the free to play that have their you know their freemium content if you will sure um, or like they most of them have some sort of like energy where you're like okay you can play this game for free but you only have five energy so you can only make five attacks and then you have to wait 
an hour per energy until you can play again. You know, like, so you just gave me like five minutes of gameplay for free. Right. Until five hours from now. Well, and you, you'll right. see that a lot of these free-to-play games, if you want the full experience, it'll end up costing you way more than like an actual AAA title, right? Like, oh, if that's you're a using, rabbit hole for sure. If you're using like 60 bucks as like the like the the benchmark for for a, a full title i know a lot of these free-to-play games where you have to spend way more than 60 dollars just to be competitive uh, let's not even talk about hearthstone right now because good god you can spend a lot of money in that game i mean card games in general yeah yeah you're not Definitely. wrong in real life too yeah absolutely no i learned my lesson from that man i i had a, a facebook game that was a freemium game that that i played a lot of it was a, an avengers RPG basically. Right. And I, I, I would have considered that gambling cause I spent way too much money on that. And then the game shut down and in the end, Hey, I spend a bunch of money on a game that literally cannot be played anymore. That is really rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, That's that rough, buddy. now that we're nice and depressed, we're going to go into our main topic <laughs> for the day. Uh, Doki Doki literature club. Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Now, we're going to be talking about this in two broad segments. The first one's going to be spoiler-free. Um, Peaches and I are going to go through the game. Um, spoiler-free, we're not going to try to delve too deep. Um, it's kind of hard with this game not to talk about spoilers. We're going to do our very best. We're going to give our, our honest review on the game. Um, and if you want to play it, we'll let you know when we're done. We're going to go into full spoilers. Um, so after we're done with our spoiler-free, we're going to go full spoilers and talk about the game in its entirety. But starting from the beginning, Peaches, what did you think about Doki Doki Literature Club? Spoiler-free. Oh, man. You're you're not wrong. This is going to be hard to yeah. do spoiler free. It's <laughs> it's I honestly, the more I think about this game, the more I actually love it. I know that <laughs> sounds crazy, but it's like no, it's really good. We talked about in our in our first podcast our top five favorite games, and both of us had at least one game in there where we're like super hooked on the narrative of that game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the turns that Doki Doki takes um, really actually gives it an awesome narrative. Absolutely. Like, by the time you finish that game, it's one of those where you want to go back and play it. Maybe not immediately because, you know, you probably need to change your pants. Um, <laughs> but, but you want to go back and play it so that you can find all of those tiny details that add up to the to the final you know the final story like just that are sprinkled in there i i the more i think about it the more i'm like remembering certain things but like i want to go back and play it again i know that my reactions won't be the same because we foolishly when we played this did not record ourselves (laughs) i know we should have but i think the game as a whole it's like it we were talking about free to play games earlier doki doki is free to play so I mean, play it. But like 100% free to play. Like there's yes. there's no 
uh, microtransactions. It is just a, a free game you can download. So if you haven't played it, highly, highly suggest. And here is a, a brief a brief description of the game. Um, it is a, an anime dating simulator. And I know for a lot of people that is not going to sound like a fun time. And yeah, honestly, right, honestly for me, and I am assuming Peaches as well, it's not our, our cup of tea, right? That's not the game that we would go to. Um, but there's a particular point in the game where the sort of the theme changes, and that's where the sort of the real game comes out. Um, and if you can get to that point, I promise you the rest of the game is worth it. Yeah, and and it should be noted. And and, and if you if you're listening to this and you are thinking about playing Doki Doki, um, you're gonna see this warning like six times before you even start playing. But you should know that the game um, has a lot of very adult and disturbing content. And the Steam page warns you of that promptly. And the game, when you boot it up, warns you of that before you even play. Um, You probably need to be okay with some scares. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the themes, uh, the the genre of the game is dating simulator and psychological horror. So if that doesn't clue you into what the game is all about, then I don't know what does. Listen, for some people, dating is a psychological horror. Absolutely. Like, and I, f- I feel you. Yeah, man. It's not a fun time. I'm married I mean, now, so I don't have we, to worry about it. We're both really lucky with, with our partners. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure for some people, dating in general is a psychological horror. No, I don't no, blame I you. Um, so yeah, if you, if you like the horror genre if you like some some twists uh, if you like good music because I'll, I'll talk more about the music in the spoiler review um go play this game and play it with all the lights on and play it during the day <laughs> Yes. Also record yourself because it'll be funny to watch later. <laughs> yeah, it'll be hilarious. And and send it to us because we want to watch you playing the game. Yeah, please send us your uh, videos of playing Doki Doki, please. <laughs> Anything else we need I to mean, talk about before we're uh, before we leave? The I mean, how do you how do you feel about it? Spoiler free. What was your what was your take on it afterwards? Because it marinated with me for a while. So like, I finished the game and then I had to kind of sit down for a while and really think about it. Um, and I think the game does a lot of really sort of under the the surface level. Um, like mind games with you that I think are incredible. And I think if you, I think a second playthrough would really open your eyes to a lot of the things that you kind of missed the first time around. Yeah, definitely. I really, I'm, I'm super excited for that. Yeah. I really enjoy the game. I think it's phenomenal for the price cause it was free. And <laughs> I, I know, I think anybody, if you're thinking about playing it, you should. Um, but if you just are like, man, that's not my thing. Listen to our spoiler section because we'll go into the full game for you. Fair. I think that's this is the point we're going to move into the spoiler territory. We're going to have a lot more to talk about here. Um, so this is your warning. If you want to play this game, go play it now and come back to listen to the second half of this later. Um, once again, this is the warning. We're going to go into full spoiler territory. All right? Everybody gone? We're... We're doing it, I promise. It's just you, me, and Monica. Just Monica. Just (laughs) Monica. All right, now, full description of the game. So, Doki Doki Literature Club, like I said, is a dating simulator. You have three friends, um, and you have 
well, I guess you should say you have one friend who wants you to join this literature club, so you join reluctantly. You're the the protagonist of the game, and she gets you to join, and there are these three girls there, um, and you basically choose one of the girls to try to have a relationship with. Um, and then things start getting weird. You start noticing little things like like glitches in the game start to kind of happen, and you're like, man, this is kind of weird. And then your friend who got you to join the club in the first place admits to you that she is deeply depressed. She is battling depression. She battles with it every day, and she doesn't know how to make it stop. Um, at one point, she confesses her love uh, to you, uh, for you, I guess I should say. To and you, for you. To you, for you. That makes sense. Um, she then catches you with one of the other girls. No matter what you do, you end up being caught with one of the other girls, and then she doesn't show up to school the next day, and you go to find her, and she's hung herself. And that's where the game gets weird. I get, like, chills just thinking about that. It bothers me a lot. Yeah, it's really weird. So the game restarts, and the girl that just committed suicide is no longer there. And the one of the other girls has sort of, like, glitchily imposed her face on that girl. It's on the title screen, I should say. So um, when you boot up the actual game, that character isn't in the game anymore. Your friend is no longer in the game. You're just alone and you have an epiphany to join a club. Um, And then you play through the game again and that's where things get really weird. Um, More glitches start to happen. Um, The other two characters that you could court also have their own issues. One of them, I think, is getting beat by her father. The other one is into self-harm, and she's constantly cutting herself and, um, I think, ends up stabbing herself in the chest. And you get left with this last character, the president of the literature club, who you find out is... um, the character has become self-aware, like the computer program has become self-aware, and she has manipulated the files of all these other characters to get them out of the way because she's fallen in love with you, the protagonist. And at one point, um, she deletes everything else in the game. Everything else is gone except for you and this character. And it's just her. It's just Monica looking at you, and she has like all these conversation bits she can have with you. One of them is calling you by your real name. Quote unquote. And when I say real name, I believe it's the name, either your Steam name or the name that you have is the the profile on your computer. So she'll call you that. So for me, it worked. So I had put in, like, I think Edweirdo for my username, and she said, I'm not calling you Edweirdo anymore. I'm talking to you, Eduardo. And I freaked out. And yeah, she, she doesn't fall in love with the main character, she falls in love with you. Right. You, person behind the, the keyboard. Um, And so to circumvent all of this, you have to go into the game's files, actually go through the game through Steam, go open up its properties and delete her character file, and the game starts over again. And she is now gone from the game, all the other characters are back, but now your friend who committed suicide at the very beginning of the game is now self-aware, and then the game starts to sort of delete itself. Monica comes back and takes over and deletes the game. Oh think, man, that I was think, a that was a real spoiler. Yeah, I think I just about covered everything. So you if you wanted spoilers, that was that was full spoilers. That was the entire <laughs> game. Um, now, the brief, brief, uh, spark notes synopsis because I have a pop quiz tomorrow and I didn't feel like reading <laughs> that was it. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I knew the game was psychological horror. I read, you know, 
you know, you're not going to expect what's going to happen and things like that. But I really didn't expect how this game was going to be. It, you know, I expected jump scares and like scary monsters and things like that, you know? Oh, you um, didn't expect the darker elements of the no, story? No, not even a little bit. That was not on my radar at all. I just thought the game would be scary, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was scary. It still was scary, but in a different way. It was very, like, unsettling. Oh, I agree. I, I think that's what makes it great. And I, so the game, the game is divided into, like, a couple acts, if you will, right? right. So, like, the first act is when you're just doing the dating simulator portion of the game and like you're trying to pick which girl that you're you know you're trying to develop the relationship with and you're like there's little mini games where you create poems based on words and you pick all the words that kind of correspond with that character and if you pick enough of them they're the one that starts to like you and blah 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 but the whole first act of the game there is almost nothing that that is scary that happens except for those like little bits of dialogue that are foreshadowing that you don't know are foreshadowing yet. Right. So right. like you read this description on steam before you download this game that says psychological horror in the tag, you boot up the game where you get at least two warnings that say this, this game is not suitable for children or people who are easily disturbed. And then you play through like two hours of the game. If you're reading the text, like two hours of the game, and nothing happens. And that is just as scary because you don't know that nothing is going to happen. Right. It is terrifying. And you're like constantly on the edge of your seat waiting for whatever thing to scare you. Well, and I think it does. I think the reason it's so effective is, at least for me, the type of stuff that scares me are like things that should be a certain way but they're not for whatever reason. Right. You know, like, you know, like you ever, you ever like leave your house and you come home to something that you swore you did a certain way, but it's now a different way. Like, like say you're the only one that's been home that day and you're like really sure that you turned all the lights off in your house and you come home and the kitchen lights on and you're kind of like, Hey, I didn't do that. Or did I do that? And I don't remember. Like, all, a bunch of those things are sprinkled into this game once the second phase starts. Like, those kind of things. Like, wait, that's a little different. Yes. Oh, that that character, what's what's with her eyes? Yeah. Why are they different? Yeah, <laughs> like it gets really weird. The music gets really twisted. The music is probably the most effective thing for me in this game. Um, sudden, you know, increases or decreases to the volume of the music sometimes it gets played backwards sometimes it gets distorted dude and i get messed up when music is played backwards how do you feel about that just because i'm gonna segue for a second into that no yeah the music was crazy um the music is interesting because it it sort of sets the tone for the whole the whole premise and you find out that monica is the one that's been playing the music um, so she always shows up late and is like, sorry, I was in piano class. And then you sort of notice, wait a second, the music stopped. Monica's here. Yeah. And so... Oh, the music was piano. Right. The music was piano. Oh, it's literally her playing the music. Ugh. No, but like, when in those segments when it starts playing backwards, did you ever hear that theory? Um, 
<laughs> literally hear that theory. Um, <laughs> we're like the band Led Zeppelin. If you played Stairway to Heaven backwards, it was like some demonic chant or something. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Like that. they were satanic of some sort. Sure, and the sure, only yeah. way you knew is listening to it backwards. Right. I I saw that theory when I was in like I don't know eighth grade ninth grade sometime then and I listened to about two seconds of that music being played backwards and that was enough for me I have to this day never listened to the full thing music being played backwards really messes with me and I don't know what it is it's just so disturbing right it's that dissonance it's just unsettling yeah absolutely um yeah, they just they have all these effective ways of sort of creeping you out in ways that you don't expect, right? Like the 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 horror genre of video games definitely has like a roadmap right now. And it let's be honest, it's it's starting to to veer away from that with that that playable trailer that came out for that um Silent Hill game that never came out. And, oh, PT. Um the most recent Resident Evil game I've heard is phenomenal, and it's it it sort of breaks that that mold. But for a long time, horror games definitely had a they had a, a blueprint, you could say. This is how you make a horror game. This is how this is how it goes. And this is a horror game completely different than any other horror game I've ever played, and I think will ever play. Oh yeah, it's it's super effective. It's not a Pokemon move but it's super effective. <laughs> and I, I, I've been relating it to, did you ever listen to those YouTube videos? Don't hug me. I'm scared. Yes. It, this is like, don't hug me. I'm scared. The game. Yeah, it is insane. Starts off like, Oh, it's a kid's show. Oh, everyone's dying. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> no, no, not that you, not that you mention it. You're right. It really is basically like that, but the game. Yeah. And that, uh, should probably mention too that little clip that we played of Monica singing the uh, the main game theme. Um, that is from a Game Theory episode by Matt Pat. If you if you've never watched Game Theory, go check out his channel on YouTube, Matt Pat's channel. He does a lot. If you like conspiracies and you like games, that's your channel. Like that dude breaks apart games, um, comes up with all these crazy theories, and does a amazing job piecing most of his theories together um he's got some great zelda ones he's got a couple doki doki ones which is kind of what we're leading into here um even more impressive than how effective this game is as a horror game is that it's very likely that this whole game is just a really sneaky and subtle way of promoting whatever game that the company that made it um, is going to pump out next. Yeah, I think that's another another layer to it, is that enjoying this game um, is sort of submerging yourself in all of the random sort of conspiracy theories around it, not just playing the game, but then uh, trying to figure out the, 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 the next piece of the puzzle. Um, and that's, I think, part of the game is you know looking around trying to see oh um are they making another game um is this code correct and if you watch that game theory he goes into a pretty pretty extensive detail about 
what's going on um, with the game and he goes into the game files and finds all these different codes that you can decode and they have hidden messages and a lot of it points to a new game. Did I just burp? I think I just burped. Uh, they all point to a new game. That was sexy, man. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, and it, it, it's just, I think that's sort of what adds to the game, right? It adds this this extra layer. It's not just playing through the game, but all the extra things that you do just to find out what's going on. It goes back to just love, man. Like, so Team Salvato just, they love that game. It's just apparent in, in how it was designed. Right, absolutely. All the hidden details, all of it, it's just... It's it's a game that for its price of free, you just can't beat it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it, it's just an incredible value. And um, you just... I implore you, even if you've listened to this and you haven't played it and we just spoiled the whole thing, to even go play it because experiencing it is is, is a whole other other facet to this. You, gotta, you have to experience it. Yeah, there's so many of the horror elements that are in Doki Doki are randomized as well. So even if you know what's happening, you're going to get different scares probably than the last time you played in certain segments. Yep. Like Eduardo and I were playing this at the same time. We were talking to each other like like crying children on voice chat while we while we had two separate storylines going on, right? Because I didn't know, well, we both didn't know that the the girl that you picked was unique to your game, right? So I ended up with Natsuki, the one whose dad is beating her. And Eduardo ended up with Sayori, the main character who who ends up hanging herself. And we didn't realize that until like a little ways into the first act. But then when we got to the second act and everything got really weird, like he was screaming about scares that happened to him and I was freaking out because I was waiting for them to happen to me, but then they didn't and I had different things. And it was just like, you can't have the same experience as somebody else playing it, which is another just effective horror strategy, if you will. Yeah, I just you have to play the game right you just have to go out and play this um it is free there's literally no excuse please play this video game um i promise you you will enjoy it and if you don't eh, i don't really care um but (laughs) (laughs) uh please play this video game it is fantastic and there's no excuse not to unless you don't have a means to play it in which why are you listening to a podcast in the first place or if you're easily disturbed or a child yeah i guess i guess that too if you are a child you should not play this game or if you are peach's girlfriend you shouldn't play this game but besides that that'd be a bad idea that would be (laughs) she would (sighs) she would not like it Uh, besides those people would not like that no (laughs) monica got him <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Squad Up. Um, Peaches, where can folks find you all across the interwebs? Hey, yeah. So, kind of a repeat of last week, but I've got some uh, some more details for you guys. So, I've got a schedule for my stream on Twitch.tv/slash Peaches P E A C H three Z. Likely going to be playing a horror game of some sort on Tuesdays around seven o'clock for a couple hours, um, starting with Among the Sleep, 
Um, I don't know too much about it. I'm trying to do blind playthroughs of horror games so that the reactions are more genuine. Um, what I, what I do understand about among the sleep is that you're playing as like a baby and you're walking through these environments that probably aren't scary to an adult, but since you're a baby, everything's kind of freaky. Um, Fridays, we're going to, Eduardo and I are going to play something together on Twitch. Um, so come hang out with us. Um, yeah. Likely something like Heroes of the Storm or something that we can yell at each other while playing. Yeah. Maybe Overwatch. Uh, maybe we'll even play League of Legends again and get steamrolled by everybody. I can't wait. Um, so Fridays, also in the PM. Um, and Sundays... Sundays for me on the channel, I'm going to try to stream for like four hours or so starting around 6 p.m. Eastern, um, kind of my whatever I feel like doing day, uh, a link to the past randomizer. Um, I want to I want to come up with a game to speed run and I want a game that I don't I don't love so I don't ruin it. Right. Um, but yeah, three days a week. Come catch me stream and I'm going to update those uh, those days in real time on my Twitter so follow me at D underscore peaches uh, on Twitter. And you can follow this show at Squad Up Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at ABCD Eduardo One. Um, and you can find me on Twitch at ABCD Eduardo. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye.